You're listening to Give Me the Bible with Len. Today's program is entitled Three Angels. Hello my radio friends. I'm glad you've joined me today for another program where we look into the Bible to find out what it says and what it means. Today we will be examining chapter 14 of the last book of the Bible, Revelation. Now before I tell you much more, I want to say this. If you'd like to get yourself a pen and a a piece of paper during the music break in the middle, I'm going to offer you a free book, which I'll tell you about at the end. Anyhow, Revelation is a prophetic book. It's about end-time events. Much of it is in symbols, or what we would probably rather say these days, in word pictures. Generally, it's much easier to remember via pictures than words, And that may well be one of the reasons that the prophet John was given visions involving pictures. Revelation 14 is a bit like a movie where various related scenes are presented. It starts out in the first five verses in describing God's special people, those who've been faithful to him. They're called the 144,000. We studied who these people are in a previous program. But just to refresh your memory, the 144,000 are those people who will be among the saved ones. The vision shows them being in heaven. They glorify both the Father and Jesus. They're true to God and will not become part of false worship, false doctrines, and worldly philosophies. They also defend God's truth, keep God's commandments, and have accepted the sacrifice of Jesus to cleanse them from their sins. They are covered with Christ's righteousness. The number 144,000 is most likely a symbolic number. So, in summary, the chapter starts out with the description of a large group of people who are saved, who will receive eternal life. The next part of the chapter, the next scene, if you like, is about three messages being sent from God to everyone in the world. The last section of the chapter is about what happens to those who refuse to accept the message. So let's look at these messages. We will read from Revelation chapter 14, verses 6 and 7. It says, 
Then I saw another angel flying in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach to those who dwell on the earth, to every nation, tribe, tongue, and people, saying with a loud voice, Fear God and give glory to him, for the hour of his judgment has come, and worship him who made heaven, earth, the sea, and springs of water. The angels mentioned are messengers, sent out by God with special proclamations to the inhabitants of earth, all of them. Now it's reasonable to assume that the angels are of divine origin and that the angels most likely represent the means by which the messages are proclaimed. God uses angels and people to convey what he wants us to know. After all, what did the prophets do? They conveyed messages from God. So the first message is about true worship. Many people on planet Earth worship all sorts of ridiculous things such as material possessions, idols, other people, things like status and education. And of course, Revelation 13, the previous chapter, clearly outlined the false system of worship which Satan sets up in order to draw people away from worshipping the true God. Within the first message proclaimed to all the earth are two elements of worshipping the true God. They are, one, there is a time of judgment when all the inhabitants of the world are being judged, and two, that God is the creator, that is, that he made the world. It's very interesting that such messages should be presented to human beings in the latter part of Earth's history. Firstly, the judgment message is presented because time is running out. People need to turn to God, otherwise they will not be saved. Secondly, the Creator message is presented because it seems that most people have lost sight of the fact that it was God who created this planet and created life. In this day and age, the theory of evolution has such a hold on people's thinking and it is such a widespread belief that very few even believe that God exists. So, are these messages being presented today in a loud voice? Oh yes. Even this radio program you're listening to right now is designed to let you know that God is the Creator. Things never happened on their own without a life giver and a designer. I've shared this with you before and about the judgment and how all individuals alive today and who have ever lived must answer to God for their own actions. Via satellite television, through preaching, 
through books and magazines, through personal witnessing, as well as through radio and other media, the message of Jesus' soon coming about creation and judgment, as well as other, thing God's, other things God wants humans to know, are being presented. I know many churches and their ministers seem to be stuck in some sort of time warp, and they don't seem to have any concept that this old earth will soon end. They teach and act as if everything will happily continue for many centuries. Jesus spoke about the end of the world, not as some theoretical concept, but as a reality. Matthew 24 is one place where you can read about what he said. In 2 Peter 3.10, the apostle left no doubt about what he meant when he said, But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burnt up. A second angel appears in this movie, if you like, and there's another message that's proclaimed, and it's this. Babylon is fallen, is fallen, that great city, because she made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. Babylon means a false or counterfeit system of worship mentioned in the previous chapter. It is a system of worship instituted by the dragon, Satan, and through his agencies, and the beast from the sea, which the Protestant reformers identified as the Roman Church, and also the beast from the earth, and the image to the beast, and those two would probably be the United States of America and various Protestant organisations. We won't go into that now. That's another study all on its own. The big event near the end of this world will not be so much about overpopulation, water resources, food resources and global warming. It will be about worship, who and how you worship. The second message to the world is that those who are involved in false worship are doomed because the system is doomed. It's set up by Satan and he is doomed because God is in ultimate control. It is God who has the last say. Satan, the people he's deceived, and the counterfeit system of worship he's established will be destroyed. Then there comes the third message, the third or the next scene in this movie. It's found in verses 9 to 12. It's a warning, a warning to individuals. It says, 
If anyone worships the beast or his image and receives his mark on his forehead or on his hand, he himself shall also drink of the wine of the wrath of God. Now there's more to this message, but what I've just told you is the pertinent part. The message goes on and describes the terrible destruction that will come upon those who worship the beast and bear his mark. Verse 10 describes God's wrath as full strength. There'll be no escaping. The destruction of the wicked will be utter and it will be final. You know, verse 11 seems somewhat confusing as it appears to give credence to the notion of an ever-burning hell, with the wicked being tormented by burning for eternity. We've discussed this in a previous program, and I shared with you that the existence of a place where the wicked have eternal life under conditions of torture, in other words hell, is totally foreign to the nature of God. Fire and brimstone was used by God to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. Those places are gone, totally erased. They burned while there was something to burn. The fires no longer exist. The same will be with the destruction of the wicked and the cleansing of the earth. God will not tolerate having a pocket in the universe where sinners and sin continues on and on and on forever. Instead, all things will be made new. We'll stop here and we'll talk about the mark of the beast straight afterwards. Forgive those secrets 
committed sins I do not see. Oh, guide me, love me, and my keeper be. The Mark of the Beast is something we've also covered before. But the mark is simply an assent or an agreement to comply with what Satan desires to become part of the counterfeit system of worship. It involves a name and a number, that number being 666. Many people believe it is the number of the Pope's title, Vicarius Filii Dei. The mark of the beast is said to be on the foreheads of people because they agree to go along with what the beast wants, that is, worship. Thinking is done in the frontal lobe of the brain, hence mention of the forehead. The mark in the hand refers to the fact that people will comply with the dictates imposed on them by the beast power, even if they don't agree with it. But verse 12 is in contrast. The previous verses tell of the fate of those who comply with the beast power. But verse 12 speaks of those who don't get involved with the counterfeit worship, but instead remain faithful to and worship God. The text says, Here is the patience of the saints. Here are they who keep the commandments of God and have the faith of Jesus. God's commandments, known as the Ten Commandments, are clear enough. The Apostle James wrote in his epistle in chapter 2 and verse 10, for whosoever shall keep the whole law and yet stumble in one point, he is guilty of all. You know, there are many Christians who religiously and zealously break God's law every week. They worship God on another day than he commanded and ignore the one, ignore the one he specified. It is interesting that the commandments of God and worship of God as Creator are mentioned in this same chapter. We are called to worship God as Creator. The seventh-day Sabbath was given as the time to remember God as Creator, as at the end of the six days of creation, God rested from his work of creation and commanded that mankind rest too as a memorial. It is not possible to justify the keeping of Sunday as a holy day. Sunday worship is an invention of the Roman Church and is a part of the system of false worship, the worship of the beast and his image. I've read the document Deus Domini, the Day of the Lord, released by Pope John Paul II in 1998. 
it is an attempt to justify Sunday worship. The reason given for having Sunday worship is that Christ rose from the dead on the first day of the week. And so he did. But the express command of God was that we should remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Sunday is not the Sabbath of the Bible. The seventh day, Saturday is. Sunday is part of the counterfeit worship system that Revelation 14 is talking about. The other thing mentioned in verse 12 is that the saints, that's God's people, will have the faith of Jesus. Now this may be understood in two ways, as faith in Jesus and faith of Jesus. Faith in Jesus is that we accept we believe that Jesus came to this earth and took our punishment, which is death, for our sins. Forgiveness is only available through what Jesus did for us. Faith of Jesus is the sort of faith exhibited by Jesus inasmuch as he trusted God the Father. God's people are those who keep the commandments of God and have the faith of Jesus. They do not just believe, they do what they know to be right. In Revelation 18.4 there's more information about the counterfeit worship system instituted by Satan and his agencies. It is doomed and will be destroyed. But the verse is an appeal to people who are earnest to serve God but who've become involved with the false worship. The verse says, Come out of her, my people, so that you will not share in her sins, so that you will not receive any of her plagues. Are you someone who has a heart for God? but you are involved with the counterfeit worship system? My prayer for you is that you will do what God requires and not just follow along with the crowd. Stand up for Jesus. The next scene presented is a harvesting scene where the time comes for the wind-up and sorting out of the people of the earth. The reaper is Jesus, then the last scene in the chapter is of the harvest where a mighty angel is presented as harvesting the people of the earth. The harvest is likened to harvesting grapes. Revelation 14 verses 18 and 19 is a command issuing from God and given by the angel. Take your sharp sickle and gather the clusters of grapes from the earth's vine because its grapes are ripe. Then the angel swung his sickle on the earth and gathered its grapes and threw them into the great winepress of God's wrath. Then the passage goes on to describe the crushing of the grapes in the winepress. The passage also relates to the destruction of the wicked, those who've not made it their business to honour and serve God. 
those who've been involved in the counterfeit system of worship will be destroyed. What a picture. But, my dear friends, it involves you. You will be on one side or the other. There is no sitting on the fence in regard to who or what you worship. You will either be part of God's people, the saints, or you'll be caught up in the counterfeit worship system described as Babylon. God's people are described twice in this chapter. Firstly, they're described as pure and have not defiled themselves with false worship. Secondly, they keep the commandments of God and have the faith of Jesus. Possibly you are someone who has been deceived and are unwittingly involved in counterfeit worship. Come out of her, my people, is God's call to you. Will you be brave enough to do what God wants, or will you remain hidden in Babylon? Only you can answer that question, but I hope you'll make it your business to do what God wants and not just comply with what man tries to impose on you. Well, that's it for today. Until our next appointment, I wish you God's blessings and the courage to stand up for what you know is right. And before we finally finish, the book, the free book that's being offered to you this week is called The Great Controversy. You can get it absolutely free of charge by phoning the producer of this program, Nick, on this number, 0401-305-077. May God bless you richly.